all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Lift your Bibles. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. You can read the whole Bible in one year. Let's say it together. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, God, we are open and we are ready. Speak to us now, God. We need a word from you. As we start this new series, we declare we're open and we're ready. What does that mean? God, speak to us. Correct us. Direct us. Comfort us. Father, we thank you that we believe that this is going to be an incredible month. We believe that this month is going to make up for lost time where we did not operate in wisdom and did not operate according to your will. God, we're excited because everything that we have talked is getting ready to happen. Everything we've confessed, it's getting ready to happen. And for this, we say thank you. 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 I just need to know if there's some thankful people in this building or online. What a thankful. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So let's go to work. We just wrapped up this series we were in in the month of September. Let me teach you. I teach in series because I believe that's one of the most effective ways to get people to get results. Hear my heart. I am not performing for you. I am not. A, this is not a circus for you. My objective is to make sure that every time I take this desk, this pulpit, was referred to as a sacred desk, every time I stand up here, every time I own a live, that I give you word that's going to help you get results. I am not doing this to win a popularity contest. He already thinks I'm amazing. I am not doing this uh, for any other reason except that I'm called to do it and I want you to see results in your life. Open your mouth and say results. That's important because I teach in series. Series are one of the most effective ways so that people can focus on one subject matter for a prolonged period of time until you get results. See, for some of you, your frustration with Christianity and frustration with God is that you heard it, but you didn't see it play out in your life. 
You'd read the Bible and see these amazing and great things that happen for other people. And some of you are like, well, when is it going to happen for me? So watch me. If you want to see consistent results, you got to sow consistency. So what I do as a shepherd is we focus on a series for a prolonged period of time so that you can walk out of that series and say, I can see, watch me, that I just made some money moves. Before that, the series was the ghosts and the gifts, talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives. When, so you can walk out of that series and say, I know that the Holy Ghost is my helper, which means every time I feel like I'm by myself, I got help, and that help is called the Holy Ghost, and he lives on the inside of me, which means my help ain't coming from around me. My help is coming from in me. I need you to elbow somebody and say, you got help, baby. So I teach in series because I want you to get results. I need you to walk it like you're talking. I don't need you to just be one of those weird Christians that talk a bunch of spiritual stuff and have nothing to show for it. You didn't seen enough of that and have not been pleased with that. But you're sitting next to somebody. You are streaming with somebody that says, I want fruit. I want some fruit in my life. I want to see results in my life. I don't just want to talk Jesus talk. Baby, I want to walk. Jesus walk. I need you to open up your mouth and shout results. So in that series, Making Money Moves, we kill the myth that God does not want his people to do well. I taught you that there's over 2,300 verses in the Bible about money. That I taught you that over 15% of Jesus' words were about money more than prayer, faith, Heaven and hell combined. We learn that money, the Bible says, is an answer to all things, which means you have to ask yourself the question, if money is an answer, who would want God's people not to have an answer? It is demonic for anybody to say that God's people should not do well. That comes straight from hell. See, some of you, you grew up in a spiritual environment that said you can be either or. You can either be successful or spiritual, but you can't be both. The devil is a lie and his mama is too. The Bible says in Revelation 10 that God makes us kings and priests. That means we're both spiritual and successful, which means I can pray and slay. That means I can speak in tongues and speak the, board, the business language of the boardroom. Y'all not talking to me today, which means you can handle business, watch me, and get on your knees and give God the glory, which means you can be in church shouting, leaping, and jumping, and then walk with a power suit into the office tomorrow and say, let's do what we're going to do. Now, pay attention. When we ended this series, we ended, the last two messages were the three hells. That's why you still see that there. I talked about the three hells that can exist. The real hell, the hell when God gives you over to your own mind, which is called the reprobate mind. Uh, please understand, uh, watch me. You need to be thankful that God doesn't let you get away with stuff. Because as I taught in that message, you can go back and watch it, go back and get the podcast. The Bible says that because they refused to have God in their knowledge, he abandoned them to a reprobate mind. Listen, when you stop getting convicted when you do wrong, something ain't right. I need for those of you who watch me, for some of you, your whole life, you felt like other people got away with everything. And you couldn't get away with anything. Can I tell you, you weren't being picked on, you were picked. God looked at you and he said, uh-uh, you're not going to be like the rest of your family. You're not going to be like the rest of your bloodline. You're not going to be like the rest of your friends. I'm going to do something in you and through you that's going to blow the mind of everybody around you. So I did not give you over to yourself. The last tale I taught you about was regret. It was regret. And we talked about how um, the man was thrown to a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because the man with five talents, he went out, he sold. The man with two talents, he went out, he sold. The man with one talent, he got scared, he did not release. Pay attention. The principle's bigger than money, but it includes money. Whenever you won't release, you're going to live in regret. 
I'll say it again. Whenever you don't release your living regret, if you don't release your giving, you're going to live in regret about what it could have been. Watch me, but let's go deeper. If you don't release kindness, you're going to regret the fact. Some of you keep saying, God, I want some new friends, but you don't release friendliness. You, you keep saying, I want some loyal people around me, but you don't release loyalty. See, the principle of giving is this, is that whatever I want, I got to give it first. And for many of us, watch me, you're like, well, when I see it, I'll get it. God said, that ain't how it works. I need you to walk by faith and not by sight, which means you got to release this thing so you can receive this thing. And guess what? You're sitting next to a releaser. You're streaming with a releaser. Watch me. I know too much about him. You can't make me doubt him. Because every time I release my seed, here he goes doing something amazing for me. And I need some of you to be excited about your next 12. Because you're about to get the harvest of what you've sown in your previous 12. Wednesday, I ended the series with this point that Jesus wasn't poor. Now, listen, if you, if you pay attention to things that are on YouTube or social media, or even things that claim to be educational, erudite, and scholastically approved documentaries. It will have you believing that Jesus was some weirdo walking around that was a vagabond begging people to believe in him. So I, I, I listen, I, I listen, last Saturday I was in the gym, I listen, because I like to listen to what stupid people say so I know what stupid people think. And I don't say that in a demeaning way, I just mean they don't know what they're talking about. Everybody listen to me. Loud don't mean right. Pay attention. Lots of followers don't mean right. The devil got one third of uh, the angels to follow him, but that joker wasn't right. I need you to stop thinking because it's a lot of views that that means what you're viewing is right. And so they, they presented this image of Jesus like Jesus was just walking around struggling, just some lowly, busted, broke, disgusted guy that was some weirdo walking around, hugging trees, eating granola, nothing wrong with granola. I love Granola, especially maple granola. Put a little almond milk off top of that. It makes Fruit Loops look like nothing. All right, pay attention. So, so, so you have to know this. So I began to show you in that message. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. That though he was rich, pay attention, for your sakes he became poor. What does this mean? On the cross, both spiritually and naturally became poor. Look, listen very carefully. Not only did Jesus take on the sin of the world, Jesus paid the price for every sin that had been committed, that was currently in the middle of being committed, and every sin that would ever be committed. Here's why you never need to live in guilt, condemnation, or shame. If he paid for it, why are you trying to pay for it too? For some of you, I need you to lift your head back up and stop walking around, I screwed up, I messed up. Yes, you did, and that's what the blood of Jesus is for. Watch me. I need to just know who in the building and who online can say, I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I am not where I used to be. Why? Because the blood covers me, baby. And every time you try to throw my failures in my face, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Can we go old school for a moment? The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Open your mouth and say it. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Now, that doesn't mean we go around just doing crazy stuff because of the blood. But it means that if we fail, if we make a mistake, what do we have? The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Uh -uh, Y'all ain't doing it. Do it like I say it. Walk it like I talk it. Talk it like I walk it. Let's go. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Come on, let's go. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. So on the cross, he became poor, both spiritually 
because he is perfect. So on the cross, he had to become wretched. Everything you did, he had to become on the cross. So, all right, all right, all right, come on, 1115. Can we be honest? Come on, you a bishop for me, sir. You're in a safe place. Who can be honest that there's some stuff you've done? Okay, I'll put my hand up since y'all are lying. That when you look back, you're like, check this out. On the cross, Jesus became that. On the cross, he became, watch me, he became a cheater. On the cross, he became a liar. On the cross, he became a murderer. On the cross, he became disrespectful and dishonorable. On the cross, he became, watch me, dropping it like it's hot. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. On the cross, he had a Monday girl, a Tuesday girl, a Wednesday girl, a Thursday girl, a Friday girl. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. On the cross, he takes on the sin of the world. So he literally becomes the sin of the world. Say that's spiritual. But the Bible makes it clear by the Greek definition of this word poor that it wasn't just spiritual. It was also what would happen naturally. So pay attention. As a Hebrew, they accused him of blasphemy. They said, you say you're God in the flesh. The term son of God doesn't literally mean like God had a son. The term son of God means God in the flesh. God born of a woman. That's why he's Emmanuel, God with us. Pay attention. So what ends up happening is they accuse him of blasphemy. They said, this is blasphemous. He's saying he's God. Got it? The penalty for blasphemy as a Hebrew was to be stoned to death. But Jesus wasn't stoned, which means he didn't die a religious death. He didn't die a church death. Being crucified was a death sentence issued by the Roman government. Which means, please understand, even the Hebrews, they didn't try to try him in their own court. They took him to the Roman court system. See, some of y'all about to understand this in just a moment. They took him to the Roman court system. And in the Roman court system, he was, uh, watch me, they brought him up on false charges and then put him to death based on the false testimony of some false witnesses. Oh, God. If I had time, I could preach that like I want to. Because America ain't just started doing what they, okay. Let me stop. Let me stop. The world ain't just started killing innocent men, y'all. Let me stop. Let me move on. All right, watch me. Watch me. So they, so they crucify him. But that was the death of a Roman. Which means he died a natural death. A political death. Pay attention. Which means that since he died that way, they seized his assets. Judas, who kept Jesus' money, Jesus' ministry money, and the disciples' money, Judas has ran off with the money. And he has it until he commits suicide. Let me throw this in here for somebody. Never, ever chase your Judas down. They will always self-destruct. What's a Judas? Somebody that betrays you? Stop calling him, telling me, why you do me wrong? Don't worry, you ain't gonna have to worry about it much longer. Just for those of us that have ever been betrayed in the building and online, can I just get you to say, watch me, you know how to say thank you, Jesus. Let me teach you a new one. Say thank you, Judas. You pushed me into my future. You pushed me into my purpose. Because without Judas, Jesus never gets to the cross. He never gets to the cross. He never gets to verse 9. So he died spiritually and naturally. Pay attention. He became poor. Even as a child, what did they bring Jesus? 
Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let me, I hate to bust your bubble for those of you who have the activity scene, but that's not biblically accurate. Jesus, by the time the wise men find him, they bring him three gifts. Watch me, it's not three wise men, it's three gifts. It is many wise men, and they bring those three gifts. They come to Jesus, not as an infant, but as he's a two-year-old child. Pay attention. Even as a child, Jesus had gold. Pay attention. Which means his entire life, he knew what it was not to be in lack, not to be in poverty. Watch me. He knew what it was to do well. And this is important because if you don't know how your Savior lived, you will use this, watch me, incorrectly to justify why you're not living the way you should live. So look, so on the cross, he literally takes on the sin of the world and, and for the first time in his life, he's poor. This is why he looks at John the Baptist, or excuse me, he looks at uh, John the beloved and he looks at him and he says, take care of my mama. Why? Because I can't leave her anything because the government got my stuff. All right, all right, all right. I'm about to show it to you. I'm going to lay the case out for you. He says that for your sake, through his poverty, you might become rich. Which means God says, I'm not going to force this on you. And let's be clear. Rich doesn't mean, uh, uh, watch me, that you're walking around with loads of money just coming out your pocket. Unless that's what you want to do. I don't think that's very safe. Rich means that you lack nothing. Which means everything you need to do, you got it. Lean over on somebody and say, you got it. You don't live paycheck to paycheck. Matter of fact, you don't even check. You just want to know what your tithe needs to be. Other than that, I ain't paying attention to no 15. I ain't paying attention to no I don't live check to check. I don't live deal to deal. I don't live contract to contract. Baby, I got it. So look. Look, that you might become, which means, which means God says, I'm not going to force this on you. If you want to be broke, be broke. If you want to struggle, struggle. I have watched people. I have laid this out in the Word, and I have watched people say, but I still don't believe that. Okay, that's fine. Then go on, go on there with your broke self. Never fight with fruitless people. I don't believe God wants us to do well. Okay, well, then go and struggle. But I don't believe God wants me to have peace. Okay, well, go get in a bad relationship. I mean, like, God is like, I'm not going to force you. You're going to have to want this. And I already paid for it. So when you get to the takeout window, I just need you to get what I paid for. All right, so look, that you might become rich, that you lack nothing. That Greek word there for rich is plutio. It's where we get our word plutocracy, or to be, uh, uh, which deals with, uh, I won't go that deep. Um, uh, watch me, it means this, to have many resources. Money is only one of many resources. Because watch me, some of those resources will be the relationships you build. There are some people that because you built the relationship, it becomes a resource. So all you have to do is they see your face and say, oh, no, you ain't got to wait. Come here. See, some of you are about to be glad you didn't treat people bad on your way up. Because on your way up, the one that you treated well, you're about to have need of and use for. I feel bad for the people that did you dirty because on their way up, they thought they didn't need you, but they're about to find out, baby, I'm a resource. You, you know, somebody next to you say you're a resource. It means having many resources. Watch me. And to be increased both spiritually and naturally. So let's pay attention. It means not only am I doing well naturally, but I'm doing well spiritually because what good is it to, to have natural things if you're spiritually dead? 
The Bible says it like this. What profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? God is like, I don't want you having a lot of cash, but you crazy. I don't want you looking the part, but when people meet you, they're like, ugh. You ever met somebody that from a distance, you were like, oh, my God. And then when you met them, you were like, ugh. I rebuke people saying, ugh, about you when they meet you. Y'all with me? I, Jesus didn't call himself poor. I'm building a case. We're going somewhere. This is important. Jesus never called himself that, which is a principle. Your words become, watch me, what frames your world. See, some of you got to stop talking about, I'm, 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 I'm just, it's so rough out there. Stop talking like that. Because life and death are in the power of your tongue. So watch me. Your tongue becomes what you invite into your life. Your words will frame your world. So Jesus never called himself poor. Matter of fact, look at this. Jesus said, for the poor you have what you always. So for those who like to say, well, God, he didn't have nothing. He was just struggling. Just a lonely preacher walking around the countryside of Israel, hoping and wishing, wishing and praying that someone would hear his message. I literally watched the documentary last Saturday, and I started talking back like the man could hear me. And I didn't care what the people in the gym thought about me. I was like, I ain't caring about you. I paid my membership fee just like you did. I, I'm talking to this man on my thing. I'm not talking to you. Now, you don't know I'm not talking to you, but just mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. Mind your business. And I'm like, that's not right. I said, that's not Bible. Listen, J John or J Judas was like, because Mary comes in. And Mary, Mary Magdalene, Magdalene's not her last name. And she's from, uh, from a place called Magdala. So, so she's given that as a surname, as a supplemental name. But, but that's not her last name. But she's the one, and she comes, and she takes this expensive perfume, and she puts it on Jesus' feet. And, and, and Judas, the one stealing from Jesus, is going to be like, we could have spent that money on something else. And then John is so petty. When John tells the story, he's like, he lying. He said, because he used to take from what was put inside the money box. The people always trying to watch the money normally ain't giving none. I you ever notice people always in your financial business and what you're doing with this and what the, you ain't contributing nothing until you paying for something, have several seats. Some of y'all need to do that to somebody tomorrow. But well, what you doing with this? This is a prophesying to you have several seats so Jesus didn't call himself poor why because he was not look at this Jesus was a builder and went into full-time ministry starting with 12 full-time staffers pay attention Jesus found 12 guys that were busy doing business already he did not find guys that were not doing anything can I help some of y'all you said Lord use me God says well I need you to get started already because God never calls unbusy people to handle his business because when you're already busy, you're going to find a more effective and efficient way to get something done. For some of you, watch me, God's like, I can't use you because you sit around all day not doing nothing. I can't use you because you sit around all day complaining. I'm so glad you're not sitting next to a lazy somebody. I'm so glad you're not streaming next to, you are sitting next to somebody that says, whatever it takes, I will get the job done. I rebuke a lazy spirit. I rebuke a complacent spirit. I rebuke a spirit that sits back waiting on God to do it. And God says, I'm waiting on you. You got the spirit to get it 
done. Somebody say, I'll get it done. Jesus was a builder. See, in the, most people will say he was a carpenter. Carpenter is too little of a word. The actual Greek word there in the language of our New Testament is the word tekton. Tekton. Interestingly enough, it sounds very similar to tectonic plate, which means when he moved, he shifted the earth. I'm going to shout myself. Here's why you couldn't give up. Because your next move is about to shift up. I'll try over here. Your next move is about to shift up. Middle section. Your next move is about to shake the. It's about to be a tectonic shift. It's about to be a seismic shift. Your whole life's about to change. Your money's about to change. Somebody say tectonic shift. And true enough, what he built changed the world. Because he built this church he started 2,000 years ago. And his church has been through a lot in 2,000 years. But guess what? It's still standing and it's stronger than ever. I rebuke those that say, oh, people ain't going to church. You a lie. Because God is defying statistics right here, right now, in this. Somebody say, the church of Jesus is strong. Why? Because we are the church. So watch me. So if we're on YouTube, we the church. On Facebook, we the church. At the mall, we the church. At Target, we the church. At Walmart, we the church. At Neiman, we the church. At Saks, we the church. Cherry Creek Mall, the church. Park Meadows Mall, the church. Aurora Mall, the church. Flea Market, the church. Yo hair, the church. You bought it, the church. Still yours, the church. Just make sure we can't see the scene. The church. I'm just trying to get free advice. Listen. He's a builder. Which means Jesus wasn't just a carpenter. Because that's a limited trade. He was like a general contractor. Which meant that he, watch me. If he didn't know how to get it done, he knew, watch me. If he didn't know how to do it, he knew how to get it done. See, for some of y'all, let me speak to those of you that are leaders. Those of you that are business owners. Those of you that are over something. You will wear yourself out if you try to know how to do everything. Instead, you need to know how to get everything done. Which means what I don't know, I can reach for to get it done. Did you hear what I just said? All right, and for some of you watching me, you're like, but Bishop, I just can't find it. Listen, stop speaking like that. Jesus didn't say he was poor. Stop saying you don't have what you need. In fact, your declaration needs to be you have all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Say he's a builder. All right, all right. And then he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. So he finds these 12 businessmen, fishermen, tax collectors. Tax collecting was a very lucrative business in that day because they were known for be, the reason the Hebrews hated them was because they were known for being tricky with the taxes. Some things never change. If you've ever dealt with them three letters, some of y'all trying, I ain't even going to say their name in church. I'm going to say the first is I. I ain't got nothing else to say. Right? They were known. So let, let's say your tax was $100. They were known for marking up your tax and saying, well, it's $150. And then you'd say, well, no, it's not. It's only $100. They say, well, either you pay us this $150 or, or we're going to report back uh, to headquarters that you owe. So they were known for being shysters. They were known for being skeezers. They were known. Translation, they were known for being less than reputable and lacking scruples, okay? 
Now, some of y'all Googling scruples. Scapples? What they doing with scapples, Bishop? Say, so he's a builder. He got 12 guys to come work for him full time, which means, watch me, he did well enough in business that when he transitioned into full time ministry of 30, he wasn't concerned about money. See, let me tell you where you're headed in your next 12. You're not going to be working for a check. You're going to be working because it's what you're called to do. You're not going to have to chase money. You're going to chase God and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What if I told you the next 12 months was your last day just working a job to get a check? I So he sends them out, which means he's got enough money, watch me, to pay for all their travel expenses. Which means Jesus did well. So he was both a builder, watch me, and a boss. He was both. I, I need you to see that because we're going to find out how, how did he do all of that. Can I take you further with this? All right, look at this. Jesus had a home, John 139. So they went with him and saw where he lived. Literally, if you read the verses prior to that, prior to the ellipsis, the three dots, and these guys are following Jesus. And Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? See, for some of you, can I be honest with you? Um, listen, the Jesus in your head is not the Jesus in the Bible. Because some of y'all, watch me, you're too sensitive to have walked with the Lord. Because one person don't say hi to you. Yeah, I ain't going to be going back for a couple of weeks. You're old sensitive behind. You ain't said nothing to nobody the whole time we've been in church. Or you want to play sensitive. You know somebody say, don't play sensitive. You have met somebody that could dish it out. I mean, they just could dish it out. But, but then, but then, but then, but then when they get it back, they get passive aggressive, don't want to take your calls, don't want to respond to email. My feelings are hurt. We didn't even know you had feelings. We thought you were a monster. We thought you were Frankenstein. How did you feel that? Because you mean to everybody else. You're rude to everybody else. And the moment you meet your match, all of a sudden now you want to be sensitive. Oh, y'all should have said something to me now. I feel like preaching in this place now. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, stop being so sensitive. Because Jesus, Jesus was direct. Jesus didn't hold his tongue. Jesus was not a punk. Jesus did not care what you thought about what he said. Peter walks up to him one day and he says, Lord, uh, Jesus was saying he's going to have to die, have to be crucified. Peter says, oh, Lord, that's never going to happen. Jesus looks over at Peter and says, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. In other words, Peter, I don't care nothing about what you're saying. You're out of order and you're wrong. Watch me. And you better not leave me because I checked you. Because since I checked you, that's proof I love you. I just need to know who in this building and who online is grateful that God keeps checking you. Because every time he checks you, he proves that he loves you. Every time he corrects you, he proves that he loves you. I know you shout about victory, but who can shout about the whoopings? I'm so glad he checked me. I'm so glad he shut my mouth. I'm so glad he said, you better get your attitude together. I'm so glad he said, sit down and shut up and keep it moving. Yeah, but somebody say, I know he loves you because he keeps correcting you. Bible says a father that loves his children, that he will chastise them, that he will correct them. I say that because, listen to this, Jesus, he literally says to them, says, what do you want? 
He doesn't package it in a way that appeases their emotions. Please pay attention. Some Christians never ever mature as Christians because you want him to package it. You ain't got to say it like that. You know why we have to say it like that? Because you don't listen unless it gets said like that. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You know why God has to be so direct with you? Because every time he suggests you don't listen. So this time he said, you better get out that relationship, girl. No, 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 no. Sit down. If you pick up that phone and text him, I will hit you in the head. If you text her, I will beat your head to the white man. Sometimes God has to get aggressive with you. Because that's the only way to get your attention. So everybody says, I would have loved to walk with Jesus. I hope your, thin, your skin would have been thick enough. Because the moment you would have came with, I'm so sorry, I'm late. I had so much going on. He would have said, be late again here. You'd be fine fishing in the morning. Ain't nobody got time for this. I got lives to change. You sitting up here showing up late. Try it again. He would have said that and then walked on and laid hands and healed somebody. And then looked back at you and said, fix your face. Read your Bible. I'm so glad my God is a G. For every man that, watch me, you've struggled with your imagery of Jesus because you were presented a Jesus that was a weak and passive man. Oh no, the Jesus of the Bible, he was strong. The Jesus of the Bible, he was dominant. The Jesus of the Bible, he was a king. The Jesus of the Bible, he shakes something, do something, move something, do something, shake something, do something. Wasn't no punk. And by punk, I mean he wasn't passive letting life happen to him. He happened to life. And I'm so glad you're not sitting next to a punk. Again, passive letting life happen to you. You sit next to somebody that says, oh no, I've been through too much to let the enemy win. I've come too far to turn back now. My next 12 watch the kingdom suffers violent and violent men take it by force. I need you to just grab somebody's elbow, say take it by force. Say, Get somebody else, give them a fist bump, say take it by force. Uh, online type it with somebody say take it by force what am i taking my future my faith my finances my family my business my church denver atlanta miami charlotte new york los angeles ah, 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 say take it by force Jesus, Jesus, he had a house. Look at me, lastly, Jesus, not lastly, but next, Jesus presented himself well. Listen, I need you to look like where you're headed, not where you've been. See, some of you, watch me, you've been through the fire, and we know it. I need you to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad... Wink. Uh, you know it. I ain't never scared. You ready? Watch me. Watch me. I need you to present yourself for where you're headed. See, watch me. To my single people, stop talking about ladies. Stop talking about you want a queen. But you. But watch me. But when we see you, we see a girl. Cause it. Stop saying. Don't say you want a king. 
But when we see you, we see a little girl. Because you didn't present yourself for what you asked for. Mm -mm, mm -mm. To, to my single men, watch me. Stop presenting yourself like a boy. Otherwise, you're going to attract a woman that wants to be your mama. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, so I feel I ain't got no more clothes to take off. I need y'all to get with me. I guess I could take my shoes off. Ah, let's go. Don't y'all make fun of my ankle socks, too. I throw this mic and hit you in the head. Now, I ain't got nothing else to take off, so y'all got to come on. I ain't taking my belt off. The pants will fall down. I've been working out. Are oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? Say, I present myself for where I'm headed. I need some of y'all to go get you a suit. Why? I need you to get you a power suit. Why? Because you're about to be sitting at the table closing deals. You need to present yourself based on where you're headed. Stop talking about, oh, I'm just a lowly single mom. I'm just a lowly single daddy. No, man. You are powerful. You are strong. You are mighty. Oh, I'm just a divorcee. Stop wearing your regret. Stop wearing your trauma. Stop wearing what you've been through. Present yourself for where you are headed, not where you've been. Here we go. When the shoulders had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts. Question, if Jesus' clothes were rags, if Jesus didn't present himself well, do you think they would have divided these garments? No. One part for each soldier, also his tunic, but his tunic was seamless. Say, that's real nice. Uh, excuse me, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Pay attention. Jesus knew that people saw him before they heard him. So when he presented himself, he wanted to make sure that he presented himself in a way where he wasn't going to be rejected before he ever spoke. Some of y'all keep saying, people just need to accept my individuality. That's why they don't, watch me, that's why you never get the deal. That's why it never goes through. Because you want people to accept something they don't understand before they heard you to know that you understand what you're doing. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right there. For some of you, I'm going to need you. Watch me. Because you're talking about you want to be a chief executive. I'm going to need you to just pull it in for a little bit. And once you get the seat, then you can change the seat. But I need you to get the seat first. People see you before they hear you. People see you before they hear you. People see you before they... So Jesus knew he couldn't get up and preach this message about the kingdom and salvation and all that with rags on. So he made sure his tunic, the garment that covered him, he made sure when people looked at that, because let's, let's pay attention, especially in today's culture, you see it. In a social media world, y'all don't be reading them captions. Y'all look at them pictures and say, that's nice. Okay, y'all going to do that to me at 15. You don't read all them captions. That's why I stopped making all them long captions. I said, I ain't doing all of that. I'm going to put a few words and put a picture up. Because I ain't reading it no how. You sitting there, that long post alert code. Ain't nobody finna read this alert. I just want to share my heart. Ain't nobody hearing your heart, though. They finna look at that post, watch me, and then... Look, so they said to one another, let us not tear it, but let us cast lots. Which means they said, uh-uh, we ain't going to mess this up because this is nice. He presented himself well. Now, for some of you, watch me, I need you to change your presentation. Not just your clothes, but watch me, even the way you speak. You speak low. You speak struggle, and that's over. You speak trauma, that's over. You speak, I've been through this, I've been through that, that's over. You speak like you on a plantation, that's over. Over. I need everybody in this building and everybody online to say, I'm changing how I present myself. 
Come on, Facebook, you're changing how you present yourself. You're not going in as a victim. You're going in as a victor. You're not going in as beneath. You're going in as over. You're about to walk in there like you own the place. One time we were doing an event. We were doing an event, and I had some of my team with me. We were doing an event in Dallas. I had some of my team with me. There was a big event going on. And uh, I wanted to see this particular venue. And uh, we were doing a Friday night fire there. And I, I wanted to see this particular venue. And so I had some of my team that was with me. And they said, well, sir, it's an event going on. And I said, I don't care about that. I said, I want to see it. I said, I want to see it. So watch me. So we walked in. And, and I said, look, we finna, I, said, I said, let me tell you something. I said, you were bishop. I said, so let me tell you how I do. We finna walk in here like we own this whole thing. We from walking here like we look wondering why these people in our building. Do you hear me? So so watch me. It was a it was a, like a thousand dollar ticket event. Like I mean it was it was it was that type of event. Everybody in there. I said, I ain't doing all that. I said, let's go. So they came with me, we walked in. So we walked in, everybody, hey, how you doing? I said, Hey, how you doing? So I walk all up, I walk around, look at the stage. I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm like, okay, okay, man, ain't got enough park and all that. I'm like, would you like some champagne, sir? I said, no. Would you like some more d'oeuvres? I said, yes, let me have. Give me the one with the lobster, baby. Give me that one. So we walk around, we walk around like we own the place. I mean, just walk around. And then I walk out, and one of the, one of the, one of the team members that was with me started laughing. I said, what you having there? He said, sir, they said, I ain't never seen somebody just walk in and take over. She said, those people thought you were like the chief executive. I said, I know, because I present myself. Some of you are about to present, you're about to get a job because you're going to walk in the interview like, they're going to say, oh, we already got this for you. You're you. Come on, say, I present myself the right way. Let me have my shoes back. This is weird. Listen. I'm feeling every imperfection on the stage. Just sit up there. Thank you. All right. That's me. I'm going to leave them off for now. Look here. <laughs> I know some preachers that do it. I'm like, this is, I can feel everywhere we need to. Got seeds all in my socks. From the seeds I threw. Listen. Here's, ooh. She said, that's right, Bishop, you walking on sea. And, and if I'm walking on sea, guess what I'm about to get? Guess what our whole church about to get? Don't hate a harvest when you didn't check my seed. Sow what I sow, and you can go where I go. Elbow somebody and say, don't hate on my harvest unless you saw my seed. Say, and my seed was bigger than money. I sold some tears. I sold some pain. I sold some betrayal. I sold some heartache. But I'm about to reap my harvest. Yeah. Lastly, Jesus. Lastly, Jesus was wise. Say wise. Mark 6, 2. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were utterly amazed. You're about to amaze some people. Look what happened. Where did this man get all these things? See, they saw him in his three and a half years of performance. They did not see him in his 30 years of preparation. 
Let me prophesy to about 15 of you. Well, watch me, and I don't know whether you're in the building or online, but watch me. Your preparation is finally about to shift to performance. You can sit there and look at me like that all you want, but the Lord was with the man of God. First Samuel 3:19, and did not let one of these words fall to the ground. See, you've been getting ready for 15 years, Bishop Foreman. And when you do your next, they're going to say, this is an overnight success. Well, what you don't know is I've been getting, it's been a long night. It's been a long preparation. Elbow somebody say, I've been preparing for a long time. Pay attention to the principle 1115. Pay attention to the principle 1115. Here's the principle. Say, what's the principle, Bishop? Here's the principle is that he spent 30 years to get ready for three. Which means your preparation is longer than your actual performance. So I need you not trying to wait. When I'm going to get to performance, uh-uh, I need you to maximize preparation. Y'all, watch me, Harvest Worship, you spend more time, y'all spend two hours, watch me, for 15 minutes. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. You spend more time preparing than you actually perform. And for some of y'all, watch me, you keep saying, when is my preparation going to be over? Guess what? You never exit a season of preparation. Why is that important to know? Because the moment you stop preparing, that means there's nothing ahead of you. As long as I'm preparing, I got, wait a minute, there it go. What's that? My heartbeat. Oh, there it go. What's that? My heartbeat. What's that? And I still got a pulse. So God still has a plan. They ask, what is, here it is, this wisdom that has been given to him. And what great miracles have been done by his hands. Pay attention. They said, Jesus is wise. And he's doing miracles. Where did all of this come from? Luke 2.52 explains it. The Bible says, and Jesus kept increasing. So here's what I love about the person sitting next to you. Is that no matter what they've been through, if they check the records. Even when they got knocked down. They, even when they had a dip, baby dip. They just, somebody said, I'll keep increasing. How do you keep increasing? Because you live as a student. See, when you feel like you're an expert, anytime something messes up, doesn't go your way, you feel like a failure. When you live as a student, you realize failure is a part of the process of being a student. I'm not supposed to get every question on the test right because I don't know all the answers. But when you think you're an expert, if you mess up on one thing, then you'll throw away everything. I rebuke those of you who put holes in your other three tires because one of them got a hole. I rebuke you throwing away everything because one thing about the thing is messed up. Watch me. In wisdom, in stature, in favor. Say wisdom, stature, favor. Come on, y'all. I got two minutes. I got to finish. He increased in wisdom. Wisdom is the Greek word, language of our New Testament, Sophia. And when I was thinking about Sophia, can I be really honest with you? For some reason, when I see the word Sophia, soap appeals comes to mind. <laughs> and so while I, was, while I was preparing the word, I was like, I sure want me a soap appeal with some honey. Listen, anybody? I, I was like, literally, I want to go me a soap appeal, go down there, do my little salsa, have me some chips and salsa with guacamole and queso. I'm going to need both of them. But obviously, soap appeal is not Sophia. So watch me, Sophia, the, 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 only name I could, the only person I could think of is for them three gals, the golden gals. And the oldest one, the eldest one rather, don't ever call yourself old, the eldest one 
uh, her name was Sophia. And, and watch me, watch me. She was, she was like, like she ran it. I was never a real avid watcher of the show, but I just remember, I remember when I was a kid coming up in Memphis, I remember that my great-great-grandmother, she was sitting, that she would sometimes look at that show, and she was looking at that show, I'd kind of fall asleep to watching, and I just remember that Sophia, didn't she, wasn't she always telling jokes? She was who? She was the boss. She, she, she's lady, watch me, watch me, watch me. When you increase in wisdom, you walk as a boss. Let me show you, this is what you look like in the spirit. You a builder and a boss. I need to talk to some people that got faith. See, I know how to build something from scratch. I know how to make it happen. But baby, don't get it twisted. I'm a boss. So he kept increasing in wisdom. Wisdom there means clarity and skill. See, when you get wisdom, you're clear about things. You only waste time in things when there's a lack of clarity. When there's a lack of clarity, you don't know what to do because you don't know the why behind the what. See, knowledge is what to do. Wisdom is why to do it. Wisdom is a shortcut. See, wisdom will get you from point A to point B. You ever been with somebody and you follow a navigation and they're like, uh-uh, turn here. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. When you get it, I need to hear your praise. They'd be like, uh-uh, turn here. You'd be like, well, the system didn't say to go there. See, your system has knowledge. But because they've already know how to get to where you're going, they have wisdom. And they'll say, I know navigation. Siri didn't say turn here. Google didn't say turn here. But I know there's a shortcut. If I turn this month, you're about to get some shortcuts. It ain't going to take you to December 31st. I prophesy to many of you, you're going to be walking in like you talking by this time November. It's clarity. And it's skill. Watch me. It means I need to be skillful. Say, I'm skillful. I'm skillful. See, he increased in wisdom and in stature. Stature means age and maturity. Don't think because you're, you're, you're aged that you are wise. You could be an old fool. And there's nothing worse than seeing an old fool because you're too old to be that foolish. Like, I get it in your 20s, 30s, 40s, but boo, come on. Everybody, somebody say, I will not be an old fool. Come on. And for those of you who feel like, Bishop, my best days are behind me. I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 60s. I thought I was going to do more. Uh Uh-uh. I'm here to tell you, watch me. You're about to redeem the time. Because the wisdom you're about to get from this series, you're going to make up for every year you wasted. Here's been my confession. My confession has been this. God, let the last three months of this natural year, watch me, outdo everything else I've done in all my previous years. If you agree, holler at your bishop and say, I agree. Age and maturity. So, so you can be aged but not mature. Just because you're elevating in your chronological age does not mean that you are elevating in your psychological disposition. And then the Bible says, watch me, and because he got wisdom, he, got, he became more mature. Say wisdom brings maturity. See, this is why for some of you, you're going to be the youngest one in the room, but you're going to be the one everybody's looking at in the room. You're going to be the newest to the company, but you're going to be the one everybody at the company looks to. You're going to be the newest one to the church, but you're going to be the one. It- so what's me? What did he get? Favor. <laughs> With who? God and men. See, some of you are like, I don't care what nobody thinks. Eh, go back and watch the preview from last night. Because you need somebody on earth to like you. 
You need somebody on earth to favor you. The Bible says not only did he get wisdom with God, he got wisdom with men, which means, everybody pay attention, even the people, oh my God, this is good to me, even the people that did not want to see him do well, because the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord, the Lord turned it to make them favor. What if I told you that your biggest hater is about to be your biggest help? Y'all excuse me, but I got to preach this thing. What if I told you the person that's been causing you the most hell is about to help you bust heaven wide on earth? What if I told you somebody on your job is about to bring you a gift this week that's going to take... Somebody say, he'll make them favor me. And God really loves doing this with people who don't like you. Because he likes to show that he can make them do what he wants them to do. So if anybody got some haters in the building online? Wait a minute. Uh, listen, good news. Because you're about to watch God. The same one that was gossiping about you is the one that's about to send you an unexpected cash out. He's about to make them favor you. Y'all excuse me for a moment, but I'm getting excited that the very mouse that's been running against you God's about to make them favor you. Somebody says, what's favor, Bishop? It's preferential treatment, which means you treat me better than you treat everybody else, and God's going to make you do it. He's going to make you do it. We got to move. So look, so look, he kept increasing. So, so, so this series is called Proverbs. I'm introducing the series to you, which means wise sayings. So this whole month, you're going to get wisdom. So to today's message, you're like, Mr. what's the title? You know, I like to give you my titles, hosting when I'm done. Everybody else give you the title up front. I want you to see a good movie and then know the title. <laughs> Side note, I like, I like a particular movie. And this month, they're releasing a new installment of this movie. And I'm just super excited about this installment of this movie. So when I saw, watch me, when I saw the trailer... And I heard the sound, I knew the title. There's a sound you've been making all church. The whole, that shout you've been making, that's part of your trailer. And that trailer is getting ready to introduce your movie. What's the movie? And my next 12. I'm gonna be my. See, you think I'm crazy because I'm praising God today. But baby, that's part of my trailer. And this sound is part of the movie that's getting ready to come out. And my movie has a name. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Let's go. So today's message is calling, if you don't know, now you know why. Proverbs 4, 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Say, I'm getting wisdom. Though it costs you everything, get it. See, it's amazing that you will spend $1,500 on a vacation and won't spend $10 to get a book to get your finances in order. Which, watch me, watch me. God says, even if it costs you everything, get wisdom. Wise people realize that it's worth investing in themselves. Wise people don't mind sewing for a session because they know they need the information. Wise people don't mind doing what they have to do to get the information because they realize, if I get this information, it's going to save me time. 
Stop talking about experience is the best teacher. That's a whole lie. Somebody else's experience is the best teacher. If you've been through it, I ain't got to go through it too. That's why, watch me, I call out eight new authors in our congregation. You're about to write some wisdom down. And somebody's going to read your story. And when they read your story, they're not going to have to go through it themselves. If you believe you're one of the eight, just run to this altar. Tap the, sta tap the stage, tap the altar, and then run back to your seat. If you wanted to eight, tap this stage. At home, I need for you to tap the TV screen, tap the computer screen, tap the iPad screen. Hey! Hey! Yeah, dog. Say, get wisdom. So, here it is. There's three primary ways to get wisdom. Can I give them to you real fast? I gotta go. I gotta go do a personal touch for my digital dream teamers. What is that, 115, 130? Well, I gotta do it in a minute, all right? We gotta go, y'all ready? Here we go. The three primary ways to get wisdom. Number one, you got to look for it. Look at the Bible. James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to well, all with reproach. He'll give it to him. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. All right, cool. Here's the answer. Ready? He already answered your prayer. That fast. You ready? Here you go. Number one, through your labor. There are things you have been through that you need to learn from. Don't go through anything and don't learn from it. You know what? For most Christians, when you're going through something, you just want to hurry up and get out of it that you don't actually examine it to learn from it. And I need you to not be afraid to look at it because it was painful. Yeah. Stop talking about, I just don't even want to drive by the house that you lost. You better drive by that house and get some lessons. I don't want to see that type of car. I remember one time I had a particular type of truck. And I was downtown, 16th Street Mall. And I was downtown. I'd taken my mother for Valentine's Day. And we were downtown. Uh, uh, and we went to a restaurant downtown. It was Valentine's Day. It was amazing. I had this new truck. I wanted this truck for years. I got this truck, and I was right. I was like, this truck, God, come on, this truck is flat. I like, and listen, Lord, I'm a giver, so I, I should receive. And so you park the truck. We lead, getting ready to leave the restaurant. And, uh, and I put the car in reverse. Don't nothing happen. I said, the devil is a whole lie. And so I put it back in park. I say, evidently, something's wrong with the computer system. Let me turn it off and turn it back on. I put the, the thing would not reverse. So I'm hot. I'm hotter than a firecracker. Because I'm saying, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Long story short, the, 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 all of a sudden, um, so then we came back that night to get it. And when we came back that night to get it, all of a sudden, the car wanted to drive. And I was like, well, I ain't never going to stop driving. We're going to leave it and, and drive forever. <laughs> Just leave it and drive. Don't just leave it and drive. Put it on emergency brake. It ain't going to win. And make a long story short. So then they replace the transmission. And then when they replace the transmission, for those of you who know cars, if you're touching the tranny, then you know that you're messing with the, uh, uh, with the head gasket, which means you're about to tear the engine up. So they tore my engine up. So one Sunday after church, I'm leaving, preach hard, had meetings, minister to the people of God. And listen, it's a glory cloud behind my car. But it wasn't the glory of the Lord. I got white smoke coming out my car like these people gonna think I'm smoking the stuff. It was white smoke coming from behind my car, black smoke coming from behind my car. Literally, it was a cloud coming down the thing. I said, oh my God, what in the world is going on? I eventually got rid of the car and then, I, and then somebody's like, you gonna get another one? I said, no! I said, don't even say the name of that car. Don't say the name. I don't want to go old. Don't even say words or letters that are in the name of the car. Don't say over. Don't say rover. Don't say grover. 
Don't say range. Don't say distance. Don't even say lights. I, don't say truck. I don't even like trucks no more. <laughs> I'm like, don't even say it. And for years, literally, for years, I was like, mm-mm. And I would drive past the dealership. I'd be like, mm-mm. Because I'm like, you broke my heart. I don't even want to see you. Why did I tell you that story? Because some of us, watch me, you go through certain things in life, and when you look at it, you're like, I don't even want to see this. I don't even want to see this. I don't even want to drive over to that place. I don't even want to drive past that school. I don't even want to. And God says, no, I need you, watch me, to look because your labor has produced some benefit. You need, somebody say, I need to look for it. So watch me. Here are the three ways. Labor. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use much strength, but wisdom brings much success. So if you use a microphone to try to cut down a tree, listen, you're going to be frustrated. That's because you didn't learn from your labor. Say, everything I've been through, there's wisdom in it. Mm, 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 mm. Watch me. Even from your loss. That's the second way. This is how you get wisdom. Ecclesiastes 1.18, for with much wisdom comes much sorrow, the more knowledge, the more grief. Which means as I go through life and I lose things, I didn't really lose if I got wisdom. Because let's be honest, even though you lost that relationship, let's be honest, you got wisdom from that relationship. Even though you lost that business deal, you got wisdom from that business deal. And I just need a few of you to thank God for your losses. Why? Because I didn't really lose if I got wisdom. Number three, that's what this series is about. You get it from a leader. Look at the Bible. Jeremiah 3.15. And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which will feed you. That's what this series is about. You're about to get fed. You're about to get so much wisdom in the next 30 days. Every week, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Monday night prayer, you're going to be... You about to eat real good over these next 30 days. So good, your skin gonna get better, your body gonna get better, your money gonna get better. Everything about your life is gonna get better. With knowledge and understanding, which means wisdom. So how do I get wisdom? I gotta look for it. Where do I look for it? I look for it in my labor. What have I been through? I look for it in my loss. What, what did I lose? Because I didn't really lose if I got wisdom from it. See, thank God that you went through it down here so that when you get up here, you ain't gotta go through the same thing you went through down here. Be grateful you learned that lesson when nobody knew your name. So when everybody knows your name, you ain't got to make that mistake in front of everybody. I... Here we go. Here's why you need wisdom. Proverbs 8 and 35. Say, this is where I'm at. All right, then we out of here. For whoever finds me is wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 8, the writer it, it, it anthropomorphizes wisdom. Solomon is a father. He says that the wisdom he teaches his son is a mother. So he anthropomorphizes wisdom as a woman. And I think there's great power in that because women, y'all got a lot of wisdom. All right? Men do too. Right? But just so you understand that. So when we're looking at this, when it says, whoever finds me, like, well, well who's that talking? It is, it is the anthropomorphization of wisdom. And she says, if you find me, wisdom was like, I'm a bad mama John. And if you find me, see, I need some of my married men that, that can say, listen, Bishop, I had to find. All right. Wisdom is like, if you find me, 
let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get life. Which means while I'm on the subject, you find the wrong one, it's going to feel like death. If going home feels like death, there's a problem. I got to move. For whoever finds me finds life obtains favor and grace from the Lord. So when you get wisdom, watch me, your life improves. You get favor and you get grace. If favor and grace are the same thing, because favor means preferential treatment, it, it, but, it, but it also is often interchangeably used with the word grace, why separate the two? If they virtually mean the same thing, why separate the two? Watch me. Say the distinction is going to be big for you. Because the distinction here in this verse, it means that your life is going to have a whole nother level of meaning. Your life is going to increase, which means everything pertaining to you. Then you will have preferential treatment. Watch me. And here's the grace. And God says, I'm going to give you what you do not deserve. Because wisdom qualified you for it. Uh-uh. I want to say this statement again. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. But wisdom is going to qualify you for it. See, the moment you got the right wisdom, God says, I can give you the right wins. The moment you got the right wisdom, God says, I can give you the right victory. Yes, you messed up last year, but that was then and this is now. Yes, you messed up before, but that was then and this is now. If you get wisdom, I'm going to increase your life. I'm going to increase your favor, and I'm about to give you what you don't deserve, but wisdom's about to qualify you for. Let me see if I can say it another way. You didn't build the business, but they're about to give it to you. You didn't build the house, but they're about to give it to you. You didn't labor for it, but they're about to give it to you. Because wisdom, somebody hollow wisdom, it's about to qualify you for it. And if I were you, can I close it like a Baptist preacher? I wouldn't wait until the battle is over. But I'd shout right. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. I better stop. In this building or online, I got to go. So that's this month. Wisdom. I got to serve you up some wisdom. Because you ask for favor, his answer is wisdom. You ask for grace, his answer is wisdom. You ask for opportunity, his answer is wisdom. Say, wisdom's coming. Amen means I agree. Say amen. Can you lift your hands and just say I agree? Amen. Amen. Just the voices. Just the voices. If you agree, say amen, go.
If you agree, you're about to get favor. Sing it, go. Tell God thank you. Wisdom coming. Wisdom coming. Wisdom's coming. If you're in this building, if you're in the overflow, wherever you're at, or you're online and you need to give your life to the Lord for the first time, today's your day. Secondly, if you give your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him. Today's your day. Thirdly, like Bishop, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure. In the building, I'm going to ask when I count to three, you simply slip your hand up. No guilt, no condemnation, no sin. Nobody's looking down on you. If you haven't gotten anything today from church, I hope you get that you're in an environment that supports you, that believes in you, and wants to see God get the glory out of your life in the building and online. If you're online, when I count to three, I'm going to ask that you just uh, do the hand wave emoji or type the word me on the screen. I have digital ambassadors on Facebook, digital ambassadors on YouTube that are ready to receive your response. One, God's coming to get you. Don't miss your moment. And to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure. One, two, three. God's coming to get your hands up in that building. I see you. 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 I need you to thank God. Just leave your hand up for just a moment. I see you down there. I see you. Hallelujah. Online, just do that hand with emoji. Say me. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days, amazing days, full of favor, full of life, full of grace are happening for me. I'm getting wisdom. I first give you my life. You have all of me, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Take out your phone, scan this QR code if you just prayed that prayer. Give your life to the Lord for the first time. Recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure, or shoot that text. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time? Or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to the number 877-552-4746. And we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.